Welcome to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Erin Summers. You can always find us on NewOrleansSaints.com, on our app presented by Verizon, or of course, subscribe on Apple iTunes. There's a big divisional matchup this weekend as the Saints win on Sunday would improve the New Orleans record to six and two. That means they would be in a first place tie with Tampa Bay. The Bucks are off this weekend, so an NFC South tie is on the line. A few records are also on the line. Running back Mark Ingram has 6,034 career rushing yards as a Saint, and with 63 rushing yards, he would surpass Deuce McAllister for first place on the club's all-time rushing yards list. Rookie cornerback Paulson Adebo has two interceptions so far in 2021. With one more pick, he would become only the fifth Saints rookie to have at least three interceptions in his rookie season. Saints head coach John Payton and players are speaking with the media Friday, and you can catch all of that on NewOrleansSaints.com. Now to help give us some insight into the Saints-Falcons matchup this Sunday, I caught up with NFL on Fox sideline reporter Sarah Walsh, who will be in the Superdome on Sunday. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. You'll be on the broadcast for the Saints-Falcons game on Sunday. I know you're looking forward to being back on the sideline again. How are you doing today? Um, great. I'm happy to be back in New Orleans. Uh, I was there earlier this year when it was the first home game back. So, um, which it ironically feels like a really long time ago. And it feels like not so long ago, depending on how you look at things. I feel like this season is sort of flying by, but, um, it's always a good time being, uh, there in New Orleans and the crowd is always awesome. So we love getting games there. Yeah, you mentioned being able to be back in the Superdome and just in general this year, being able to be back on the sideline. How has that changed your ability to report? How much do you enjoy having that type of access again? Uh, well, it's awesome. And um, and I think you probably have a better appreciation for it after we didn't get to do it last year. Uh, it certainly made things challenging, but I think I always had, you know, there's some people that were really mad about it, but I always had the perspective of we're lucky that there's even games happening. Um, you know, there was so much unknown last year. Uh, we didn't know how we would be covering games. So I, I know that there was challenges. And, and like I said, some people were really frustrated, but I just tried to look at it from the mindset of like, we're very lucky to be here at all. And we had to stay in the first row, uh, which in some ways gave you, depending on the stadium, gave you a little bit better vantage point because sure. sometimes <laughs> you're down there on the sidelines and there's a lot of people around you. And then a lot of times there's like football players in the way when you're trying to see certain things. Um, and these are huge dudes that you're standing next to. So sometimes you being up like just a little bit um, gave you a better vantage point. Uh, and then I, and then I reported in stadiums where there was like almost full capacity. I reported in domes where there was nobody. And that was like eerie and creepy and weird. And you could literally hear everything that was being said on the bench, which I'm sure they don't really want you to hear everything that's being said on the bench, but um, it's nice to get back to normalcy. If I have a question about somebody uh, prior to the game kicking off, I can walk up to them and ask them where we couldn't do that last year. So um, it makes you able to do your job better. For those that haven't had the ability to be sidelined, understand what goes on to reporting during an NFL game, what are some of your responsibilities leading up to the game and what are you looking for during the game? Um, so leading up to the game, the way like I've, I've sort of thought about it is that, you know, you're always looking for, you know, things that you can add to the broadcast. And we look at it in, in terms of there's a game going on, but it's also entertainment for a lot of people. Right. And it's an escape. So we try to tell stories that, um, you wouldn't necessarily know to give insight. You wouldn't necessarily have. And then the, some of the ways that I approach it is it, somebody can have a really awesome story. 
but if they aren't really doing anything in the game because there's so much that's going on, it's, it's hard to squeeze that story in. Right. So there's been so many times that I've had a good story on someone and then they just happen to not really be a factor in that game. So it's hard to like get in the producer's ear and be like, Hey, how about that story on this random receiver who hasn't caught a pass today? It doesn't work that way. Right. So, um, I try and focus on guys that I know are going to factor heavily into the game in terms of I know we'll already be talking about them. So for example, I can give you on the Falcon side of things. Um, I talked to Cordero Patterson already this week because he's had a big year for them. He's going to get a lot of touches. Um, I know that his name will be repeatedly called. Uh, so I try to, to talk to some of the guys that we won't sit down in production meetings, but I know that we'll be talking about. And, um, and then during the game, you know, it unfolds in a manner of ways. Sometimes you go into it with a ton of stories and you don't get to use hardly any of them. Sometimes, I've gone into Sundays and, and not had a ton of stories that I've had pre-prepared and a bunch of stories like unfold during the game. So um, you sort of over-prepare and, uh, and then when that game kicks off, much like all these guys preparing with their game plans, like you just kind of never know how things are going to unfold once you get out there. That was definitely last Sunday for the Saints. It definitely unfolded differently than I think a lot of people expected. Good that we got the win. Unfortunate that we're going to be without quarterback Jameis Winston for the rest of the season. What are some of the storylines that you're looking to dig into ahead of this game? Obviously, the biggest storyline with the Saints this week is who's playing quarterback, right? Um, it's really unfortunate for Jameis um, as someone who... Uh, lives in the Tampa Bay area and um, grew up around the Bucks. I mean, he was certainly such a, a big name here for a long time. And I think a lot of people were really happy to see him have success in New Orleans. Um, he, he has a charisma. He has an energy. Everybody I know that's ever been a teammate of his really likes him. Um, and the same can be said for the Bucks. even last week going down here when we talked to the Bucks, you know, they were, they were happy for him. He still has a good relationship with people. So I feel really bad for Jameis. I think a lot of people um, feel very badly that that unfolded the way it did for him last week. And so certainly the biggest storyline this weekend is going to be who's playing quarterback um, for the New Orleans Saints. And then on top of that, the Michael Thomas news this week. And I know they've been with, without him for this entire season so far, but the hope had been that he would come back. So I think that that's going to be, sort of a theme that we hear throughout the game, who's going to step up at wide receiver. And again, this is nothing new, right? They've had to step up all year without him, but just the, the idea that, that he's, this is what you're looking at this year, um, barring a trade or barring something happening um, for the saints. So I think those two storylines um, are going to be the biggest storylines. And I say that with the understanding that, you know, again, once things kick off, anything can change, right? Like we don't, maybe the biggest storyline hasn't happened yet. And, um, but going into it, the quarterback situation there in New Orleans is, is certainly the thing that everyone will have an eye on. A lot of people have had good things to say about the Saints defense. It's something that stood out, kept them in a lot of these games this season. What have you seen or heard about the defense that has stood out to you? Um, they're great. They're a really good defense. Um, and I think what's interesting about that to me, at least when I did a game with them a couple of weeks ago, um, the saints have always just been drew Brees in this high flying offense. And we know what Alvin Kamara can do and, and what Michael Thomas could do. And so for so many years, it's really sort of been about those guys. And I think that that storyline or that narrative has definitely switched to the defense. And it's funny, we were talking to Cam Jordan a couple of weeks ago. And he's like, no, we didn't just get good. Like, we feel like we've been good for a while, right? Like we, this is who we've been for a while, but I just think the, the Drew Brees persona there, like 
not in a bad way overshadowed everything, sure. right? Because I would throw so many touchdowns, throw so many yards per game. And, and it's, it's sort of funny to me to now think of the saints as this defensive behemoth, which I think they can be, you know, um, there isn't a team out there that has more interceptions than these saints. There's teams that have uh, a couple teams. I think that have the same amount as them. And then I think when you saw what they did against the bucks who are known as a really good defense, um, when you see what the saints did to them and Tom Brady's thrown so few picks this year, um, they really don't turn it over that much. And when you see what new Orleans did to them a week ago, I think it's even more eye opening for those that didn't know. And, and it was on my radar just cause we've done them before and we've talked to these guys, but I think that they really opened up some eyes last week about just how good this defense is uh, doing what they did against one of the league's best offenses last week in Tampa. Yeah, this week with the way that the Saints have been able to win some of these really tough ball games, despite all of the adversity that they've faced this season, people have been throwing around Coach Payton's name for Coach of the Year. It's early. There's a lot that can happen. But what have you liked about him as a coach and maybe over the years and you've had covering and, and working around him? Um I don't think coach Payton gets enough credit for the things that he does in terms of making adjustments. And so this Jameis Winston injury, I mean, this is not the first time this team has had to make adjustments. They did it a year ago. And when Drew was hurt and you saw Taysom Hill come in and they didn't really, they didn't miss a beat. Um, we've seen Teddy Bridgewater come in. I mean, he makes adjustments and he makes people and Jameis is a, a, a great example. And, and something that Sean said a couple of weeks ago stuck out to me. He said, the pressure isn't on Jameis. The pressure is on me to make Jameis um, not make mistakes. He's like, the pressure is on me to come up with the plays that are good for Jameis. And, and I just thought it was an interesting way to look at it because Jameis had talked to us about how he had felt so much pressure as the number one overall pick back when he was drafted by Tampa. And, and Sean looks at it and is like, no, the pressure is on me. And I think he really sort of relishes that role. So now the pressure is on him even more this week to do this with another guy. And I, and I just think that this team and, and you brought it up. They've, they've had more injuries. I think that people realize, again, we know that the stars like Michael Thomas isn't out, but I remember when we sat down with him a couple of weeks ago and he's like, well, here's like seven guys I hope to have back in a couple of weeks. And you're like, Whoa, seven. I mean, I know the people that are there like every day. Starters. Yeah. yeah. I, I just don't think nationally, I think it's like you hear Michael Thomas. Now you're going to hear Jameis Winston, but you didn't hear until you sat down and heard him talk about it, you didn't hear like just the, the long laundry list and they just sort of make do. And that's kind of, kind of what this team has always done and what this organization has, has done under him, be that with because of hurricane situations and the team has to move. Like all of those things, I, I just feel like they've, he's always done a really, really good job making adjustments. Um, and they're going to have to do it again this week. And Michael Thomas is another adjustment they're going to have to make. So again, I, I just think, I'm not sure that he gets the credit he deserves for, for making the adjustments that he's made and, and come up, coming up with game plans that he's made up. There's not a lot of coaches that can say they have a winning record against Tom Brady and Sean Payton is one of them. And he, and he's kind of had his number a couple of different times now. And um, he just always comes up with something. And, um, and I think it might even be a little bit underrated how good he is at doing that. You've been in a lot of stadiums, covered a lot of games the comparison, how loud is the Superdome and this fan base? So loud. So uh, <laughs> to be honest, the, I, I feel like I've covered the saints a lot. Um, but I last, or it was like, I'm going to say it was like three weeks ago. They're all running together. But, um, that was the first game in new Orleans that I was covering the saints. Um, and 
It was awesome. I mean, I, like you hear it all the time, but it's until you really hear it, hear it, like until you're standing there hearing it. Um, it's incredible. And I just love the way they like kind of black out the dome and their intro. I'm big on intros. Like, I don't know, like I, I'm big on the pregame hype. And there's some that I'm like, ah, this wasn't that good. Like, I, you know, some people do a good job. So I'm like, I, I texted a couple of people and I'm like the Saints pregame intro, everything's blacked out. The uh, cell phone lights go up. Like, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. It's, I, I would say it's probably like my favorite one so far. Um, but like, it depends if you're, if you're an outdoor stadium and it's at nighttime, but the Saints can control the whole thing. So um, it's pretty impressive. So I would imagine it's going to be pretty loud there again on Sunday. It's definitely a fun atmosphere and we're going to be happy to have you back in all the games that you've covered this season, your just overall coverage of the NFL, any teams that have really stood out to you? Um, well, I get to see the Bucks each and every day. Um, so I've seen, I've seen this team, um, falter like they did in new Orleans last week. I've seen them be on a, on a roll and clicking. I think they are in a situation much like new Orleans where there are a lot of people injured. Um, and so their defense is pretty banged up and I've seen them kind of rally from that. I think they can be really impressive at times. Um, I think the Rams are impressive. Um, again, this year, like, I think those, those two, I think the Saints defense is really impressive. Uh, I'm just trying to think I get to see uh, next week I go to Arizona. So the Cardinals have been on a bit of a run. I always like watching Kyler Murray in person. I think, you know, there's players out there that are just exciting mm-hmm. and it kind of doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. Like they're just, ex- there's people that you get excited to watch. Like Kyler Murray is one of those guys that just kind of at any moment's notice can do stuff that's sort of exciting to watch. So, um, you know, and, and they started off with such like a, a hot start before they fell to the Packers. So I think they're like an interesting thing. The Packers have been terrible in some games and then they, are right in the mix. So, um, I know I'm mentioning a lot of NFC teams, I think it's, but, um, yeah, I just, you know, the Titans now are in trouble without Derrick Henry. So I don't like the AFC. I haven't done, uh, I haven't done any AFC games yet this year. I'm sure that'll happen at some point, but, um, I think there's a lot of good teams in the NFC that this is sort of anybody's guess how things could shake out down the road this year. Yeah, definitely. I know for saints, we're right there with Tampa Bay at the, the top of the division. So, going to try to keep getting some of these crazy wins so we can move ahead of them in the standings with them being off this weekend. Now we kind of do want to do just a little off football talk here at the end of the show. It's kind of two minute drill on things not associated with football, but I do have to ask you how you manage all of the coverage that you do, the live games that every week you're on NFL network doing reports and then your family. I mean, how do you juggle all of it? Um, not well, like people say that. <laughs> people say that to me all the time and they're like, how do you do that with twins? We have twins. Um, not well, like every, honestly, I feel like, uh, if the camera's on and I have to talk for 20 seconds to like when this game kicks off, like I can do that. But, um, you know, there was no, there was a situation yesterday with car keys. We had no, I get the kids in the car. There was no car keys to get them to school. There was another situation with backpacks today. So basically like I can look collected and together in a very, very short window of time, like on an interview or on television. And then I would just basically say I'm a disaster outside of that. Um, (laughs) And like, I was talking to somebody else and I was like, I'm failing at life. I forgot to put the trash out this morning. So I literally was like running down the street after the like garbage man today in like a dress that I was trying on for something else. So it's 11 AM. I'm in a dress. Like I should not be on it in an 11 AM, like running down the garbage guys. So, um, yeah, I like, I'm pretty much a disaster. I have no, when people are like, how do you do that? I'm like, uh, oh, don't, don't like use my example. Like I'm a mess. 
Yeah, no, you don't appear that way. So. <laughs> I'll do much better for the game on Sunday. There you go. Um, okay, we're just gonna do some rapid fire questions and we'll be done. Um, what is your favorite dessert? Uh, tiramisu. Okay, favorite fashion advice that you've ever gotten? Um, oh, that I've gotten? Best. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't, that, I'm terrible. This is rapid fire. I'm terrible. Um, I don't know, just be, be comfortable, which is probably bad because that probably leads to bad fashion. So that's probably not great advice at all, but I'm just at this point, I just don't care. So I'm just comfortable. There you go. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're comfortable then you're and feeling good, then you'll be confident and fine. It doesn't matter. Um, on a scale of one to 10, how good are you keeping secrets? 12. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Do you like the sunrise? Oh, yeah. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. What is a hobby that you like to do outside of work? Um, I either tennis, um, which I would like to make the tour and that's probably not happening. And then in the last year I started playing guitar. So, um, I actually bought so that I don't have excuses to quit. I bought a travel guitar and I like take it with me like on the road. So I'll have it in New Orleans because the only time I can get peace is in a hotel room with there's no kids. And so I have like a little travel guitar that goes with me to like all the NFL stadiums. Do you have any songs that you can play yet? Any go-tos? Um, I can do a little talks to angels. I got some John Mayer in the mix. I got some Goo Goo Doll sympathy, n n free fallen, but none of them are good. I can do them. None of them are good. If you had to pick a uniform number, what would it be? Um, it would be my uniform number, which is 10. And why did you have 10? Um, I, probably because 10 was like Pele's number and I was a soccer player growing up and 10 was the person that scored the goal. So I've always been, and then I, I played other sports, but 10 has always been my number. And to this day, like if I'm on an airplane, like I pick seat 10, like 10 is my, <laughs> that's great. I love how you still keep that as something you do throughout life, even though you, oh. you don't wear a uniform anymore. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the time today and the insight. Look forward to seeing you on Sunday and being on the golf. Okay. Thank you. Don't forget the Saints Fan Fest at Foberg Brewery this Saturday. Roman Harper and Jari Evans will be on hand 1.30 to 2.30 to sign autographs. And there are going to be a lot more fun activities, prizes, live music, food from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. So that's Foberg Brewery this Saturday. That's tomorrow. So be there. And then, of course, we want everybody in the Superdome on Sunday. But if you can't be there, you can catch the game on Fox at 12 o'clock. And you can join John DeShazer and I pre and post game. Log into NewOrleansSaints.com about an hour before kickoff for all of our pregame coverage. And then after the game, we'll have coaches, players, sound, and matchup breakdown. Hopefully we're breaking down another Saints win. Everybody enjoy the weekend and go Saints.